you know, I guess every generation has felt that they were in the end times and the times were perilous. As believers today, I think we probably have that sense uh, more than perhaps any other time in our lifetimes. Uh, and difficult times may indeed be ahead of us, but the message this morning I've entitled, God has prepared a place for you. And I hope that um, we are encouraged and emboldened and strengthened in the inner man through this word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. That's the first five verses, obviously, of Genesis. God created all that is, and out of nothing, he created it by the power of his spoken word. He spoke it, and it was so. And he continually holds all things in being, all that is by that same word of power. All that is is his. He owns all things. And he has a purpose for all things, and he has a purpose in all that he does. Genesis 2, 7 through 8 says, Then the Lord God formed man out of dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. He created man from dust, and he created a woman from the rib of man. He created them to fellowship with him and be placed, and he placed them in a garden that God himself planted. God prepared a place for them, and they walked with God in the cool of the evening. I love that image. But when they fell out of favor because of disobedience and dishonesty, God executed his judgment because of his righteousness, and he expelled them from the garden, the place that he had prepared for them. Then God, at that moment, began a rescue mission, a plan to redeem a people unto himself, to, in effect, get man back in the garden, back in the place of fellowship. We see throughout the Old Testament that God had a plan for a place, for his people, a plan for a place for his people. God promised a land to Abraham, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance and favor. Genesis 15, 18 says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, because Abram believed God God reckoned his faith to him as right for righteousness. And then in Genesis 17, 7, God says these words, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout your generations 
for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojourners, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. It was an everlasting covenant for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. In Preston's message last week, he shared with us from Deuteronomy of Moses' recounting of the Israelites' history with God up to crossing the Jordan to enter the land promised to their forefathers some 400 years earlier. God had made a way for his people and a place. Deuteronomy 4, 35 through 40 says, To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is no other besides him. Out of the heavens, he let you hear his voice to discipline you. And on earth, he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words from the midst of the fire. Because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them. And he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power, Mm -hmm. driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in and to give you their land for an inheritance as it is today. Know therefore today and take it to your heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I'm giving you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. As Preston noted, God brought them out to take them in for all time. God has a plan and a place for his people. Preston asked us to imagine for a moment our ideal place, our heaven, if you will. Well, I immediately knew mine. It was a place with rolling farm hip, farmland and woods near a river. That would be a place of heaven for me. But God has a better image, a bigger and better plan. Fast forward with me to the New Testament, to the gospel of Jesus. Jesus the Christ is the fulfillment of God's plan and place for his people. I want us to focus this morning on the events that took place just a few hours preceding the Lord's crucifixion. Look with me, please, in John's gospel, chapter 14 beginning with verse 1 for our main scripture verse this morning. This is a message for us today. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you you may be also, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We see in the preceding chapter 13 that over their last meal together, Jesus has just stunned the disciples by washing their feet and setting a divine example of service for them. 
And then he followed that act with the announcement that one of them would betray him. And Jesus tells Judas, what you do, do quickly. The the disciples seemed to be clueless as to what was happening. And then Judas disappears into the night. After Judas departs, Jesus says this. Now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, where I'm going, you you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? (laughs) Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Will you? Truly, truly, I say to you, Peter, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. So this is the setting for chapter 14. Maybe you've experienced a meal with family or friends that begins very delightful and pleasant, and then it takes a turn. (laughs) Nothing like this one. Jesus knows that he has just upset the disciples. They don't understand what's happening. And he seeks to comfort them with verses one through four of chapter 14. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. And you know the way where I am going. But they still aren't connecting the dots. Thomas, almost in exasperation, it seems, says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus replies with those eternal words. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's important, I think, to remember that this was not a proclamation made in the city streets or in the synagogue, in the temple. It was a word spoken to his closest followers in order to give them comfort and strength for what's ahead of them in the coming hours. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For I go to prepare a place for you. For many years, I assumed that this passage meant that Jesus was going to heaven to prepare a place for those who would put their trust in him. But in reflecting on this passage more deeply, I don't believe that was the Lord's intent with those words. John Piper posed this this question regarding this passage. Is my home in heaven in disrepair? Needing some work? Does this mean that sweet fellowship with God is somehow defective and would need to be worked on? 
Can Jesus say in Matthew 25, 34, come you who are, who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But he can't say that the rooms have been prepared before the foundation of the world. Do they have work to do? No. The house of God in its many dwelling places or rooms is not in disrepair in heaven. The dwelling place of God is complete and perfect as it has been since the foundation of the world. The problem is not the condition of the dwelling. It's rather the condition of the potential tenants, <laughs> the dwellers, the occupants. We are not fit for heaven because of sin and rebellion. And as a result, the rooms in God's dwelling place are securely closed to man. The door is locked because of sin. Sin must be atoned for to open the door. We need an open door to access the rooms. Good news, Jesus is the door. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and unlocks the door to God's house of many rooms. John Piper described it eloquently like this. In other words, I go to prepare a place for you. And as I go, I become the way that you get there. I am the truth that you hold on to to get there. And I am the life, the eternal life that you will enjoy when you get there. When I say I go to prepare a place for you, I mean I open the way and I am the way. I confirm the truth and I am the truth. I purchase the life. And I am the life. In other words, Peter and the other disciples and you and I do not need to have an unholy turmoil of soul that we're not that we're imperfect, that we're wrath deserving, unworthy followers of Jesus. Our sin does not mean that our place in God's household will be unavailable or unsuitable. Because Jesus that that night goes to purchase our forgiveness, and become the way to the Father. He makes our room not only available, but suitable and certain for his redeemed sheep. So let not your hearts be troubled. Trust me, Jesus says. Perhaps the most pleasing portion of this passage for me is this. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Sorry. <laughs> At that point, Jesus shifts the focus here from a place to a person. He will receive us to himself. Where he is, we will be also with him. What a savior. If this does not give us incredible, unbelievable comfort to troubled hearts. I don't know what will. In the rest of chapter 14 through the end of chapter 17 of John's gospel, Jesus continues his preparation for them and encouragement to them by disclosing these truths. He and the Father are one. He says, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. He talked about the role of the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He said, I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Abide in me. Love one another just as I have loved you. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. These things I've spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you so that you may in me, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And then in his high priestly prayer, he says, Father, the hours come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood, understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. Then further down in chapter 17, O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them and will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. <clears throat> they then left the upper room where they shared their last meal together. They traveled across the ravine of the Kidron to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Judas was waiting with the Roman cohort and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, who came to greet him with lanterns and torches and weapons. Judas portrayed the Lord with a kiss, and they arrested him and bound him and took him away. God knew that we needed a door in order to enter the Father's house. Do not let your heart be troubled. Jesus is the door. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. 
God has a plan and a place for us. In this passage, Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm going to prepare a way to the place. I'm going to get this done in the next three days. It won't be easy. It won't be pleasant, but it will be complete. It will be finished and it will be eternal. Don't fret and don't despair. I am the way and the truth and the life. He prepared a place for us by going to Gethsemane, to Annas, to Caiaphas, to Pilate's court, to the scourging, beatings, and blows of Golgotha, to the place Golgotha, which means place of a skull, to the pressing of a crown of thorns and the piercing of a spear, to the nailing of his hands and feet to hang on a cross and then to be laid in a borrowed grave because the son of man had no place to lay his head. He prepared a place for us by taking our place on the cross, by going to a place of a skull for us, by dying on a cross for us, being sealed in a tomb for us, and by rolling away the stone in resurrection power for us, that we might have new life in him. Jesus brings us out to take us in. He brings us out of sin and death to take us into freedom and life in him. By the grace of God in Christ, we have come to an understanding, a God-breathed knowledge that we are his, eternally formed to fellowship with him, to worship him, to glorify him, to honor him, to hear his voice and to take pleasure in his service. To walk with him in the cool of the evening, in the garden of his presence. <clears throat> Romans 5 tells us that we've received an introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand. A grace that God purposed and purchased through his death, burial, and resurrection. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, I recounted at the park in the pouring rain that story of Jesus resurrecting Lazarus from the grave. I may have startled some of you when I said come forth. Someone's noted that if Jesus had not called Lazarus out by name, no doubt all the dead would have risen from graves throughout the world by the power of his word. On that day, Jesus commanded those watching to roll away the stone in front of Lazarus's tomb. But on his resurrection morning, Jesus himself rolled away the stone. He was raised by the Father, by the Spirit, and by himself. Praise him. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Our purpose, our calling, is to yield to that lordship with a childlike faith. And in so doing, to know him and to make him known by our love for one another with the fruit of the spirit in our lives that Bill iterated for us a few weeks ago. He's brought us out. He's bought us out. Most assuredly, brothers and sisters, he will take us in. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. He is the way to the place. He is the truth of the place. He is the life in the place. And he, we will be with him forever in the Father's house because he is the door. God speaks, and it is so. Be of good courage. He has come, he has overcome, and he is coming again. Amen. Preston, will you pray for us in closing? You may want to come up here so they can hear you too. Thank you. Father, you are way too good for us to take in. And Lord, as we read your word, as we listen to your word and your promises, even hearing your story, it's almost too much to take in. And so, Lord, we thank you that um, you reveal it to us little by little, Lord, that we can, through the, the times of walking here in the earth, we can have all these aha moments. <laughs> of new understanding of how, of your mysteries of your greatness and of your majesty. And father, I just pray that we would continue to walk in a steadfast faithfulness. <laughs> Lord, your, your grace is and your goodness are there for us. And I pray that we would have open hearts to receive them or not only and to take them to ourselves, but father to be gracious and good to a watching world and to one another. Go with us, Father, as we continue to be your ambassadors, as we continue to learn of you, as we continue to trust you and believe that you truly are our way, the truth, and the life that we have within us now and will have in eternity before you and with you. In Jesus' name, amen.